All right, folks, we got a second episode for you today. I, I, I guess everyone heard about this amazing uh, interview with Matt Green, so they decided, well, we're going to do an, an episode two. So we got our full panel, Dave, Sasha, and Kevin, coming on to discuss the Dodgers' smugness and other things about the playoff series. So um, here's your Wednesday afternoon episode of So Baseball. Brought to you by Wine. Evan. Hello. Hey, buddy. Sorry about that. It's okay. You know, shit happens. Live and learn. I guess we should always put our our stuff in um, Do Not Disturb. As you guys... Sorry. I, I use a computer, so... That's smart. Yeah, I'm going up. We got Sasha in the house. Hello, Sasha. Yep. So, I think right. Dave did Dave call you just to spoil? No, Dave didn't call me. Somebody else called me and it kicked me out of the recording. Oh. All right. So, we'll just wait for Dave to join real fast here and then I'll just trim this shit off the front of it. Um, Umpire sucks part 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rough rough night. I mean, by your standards, um Kevin the the bad guys won both games. I yeah. mean, I think I, I have to say, Ross. I think by everyone's standards, the bad guys won both games. Not necessarily. If you're yeah. just somebody rooting for each series to go longer, no. want more baseball, then last night was great for you. No, the, the Astros. No one can be rooting for the Astros other than Astro fans, well, and no I- one. Some, some Yankees fans are, are rooting for the Astros, but it's very lukewarm. It's like, yeah, oh, yep. It's kind of you know the the guy that killed your family member. You know, oh, I hope he kills the other people's family. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> let's you know, yeah. I don't think the Astros have many many fans. I just you know, and on that you know, like, um, is anyone going to offer Korea any money with the play? I don't know, but anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You think so? Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, Dodgers? first of all, the Astros are going to try and bring him back. <laughs> you think really? the Yankees would want him? So, Hell no. So so the Astros want him back, but I, I guess the, the first the first offer they gave him, he felt he was he, he felt insulted by that offer. Yeah. So. Right. Um, I think that he's he's going to be adamant that just like I will go to the one who pays me the most and I don't I don't care if it's if it's uh, Houston or not. Well, hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's Madrid. That's normal. Um, <laughs> Madrid. <laughs> Just put him in a different sport. Um, <laughs> he's a clown. Uh, I, I, I don't know if you guys noticed when he scooped that grounder last night. He emphatically scooped the grounder. Uh, did you catch that? Did you see that, Sasha? When there was no that, that play, there was a grounder to, to short, and he like. Ooh. You know how, like, when you, like, you know, like, really, like, you know, snatch at the ball just to make an extra motion? He hmm. kind of – it seemed like he did that just for an extra emphasis of, like, I'm, you know, the biggest jerk. So, anyway. Yeah. I just I, – I started to notice that. Like, I want to know why was uh, – I think I texted you guys. Why – what's his name was running to get that ball in the Dodger game after he struck the, 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 the Braves catcher? Oh, yeah. That's very interesting. We should wait yeah. for Dave on this one. But this was fascinating. So um, as the Braves got out of an inning. I think it was the seventh, end of the seventh. Travis Darno rolled the ball out to the pitcher's mound like you normally see after a strikeout. He, but, no, he kind of like lobbed it, right? Like he kind of chucked it. Like Yeah, and then he thought about what he was doing, and then he runs out to the mound to go retrieve it. And I, I was thinking to myself, so it was I think it was Tyler Matzek pitching. Um, yeah. Like maybe it was his hundredth playoff strikeout or maybe it's his thousandth right. career like somebody might have flagged him and said hey you get know that keep ball. that baseball but then kevin proposed this what if he he had knowingly been using a ball with a scuff on it or a ball <laughs> with like something sticky like incidentally sticky on there like uh maybe he didn't want to have that ball stay in play and we never saw anything as to hmm. why he did that yeah so, and the well, only reason i i noticed was 
as as the pitcher was coming off, they were kind of had the you know the guy with the steady cam like on the field. All of a sudden, you see Darno like run into the frame, like running yeah. the wrong direction. It was really, really, really odd. Hi, Dave. How's it going? Welcome. Better now. You've got the whole the crew here. Buds. Yeah, we got the whole a, crew. There's an echo, 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 echo. Is that oh, better? It's gone now. Yeah, Everybody sounds good. Yeah, you're good. Good. I just had to stick in the buds. So it's interesting on my on my little screen here. I see that Sasha and I have. I guess it's shown that we're on computers, mm-hmm. and then you guys are kind of like a blue purple with a squiggly line. Yeah, I'm on phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm on phone too. I. I oh, okay, I, cool. I'm just curious, you know, learning as I go along here with this anchor yeah. business. Totally. It's um, kind of a wonderful technology, and I think it, I should probably show this to our listeners. We record live in a phone, like a conference call style situation through the Anchor app. It records each of us separately and combines them mm-hmm. in sync for me to just drop right into the podcast. Yeah, I don't have amazing. to do any like complicated syncing up of the of the recordings or and I mean, I'll do a couple of edits if somebody says something ridiculous and I want to take it out. But normally, you know, I'm ready to publish within five minutes of us hanging up this call. So, so what you're saying is there's no editing for quality. You just go straight <laughs> from like raw audio and just like publish. Now, I'll take a note. Like, let's say in like minute 45, somebody says something like preposterous. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have to clip that out. So I'll clip it out. Got it. But you're I keeping can... score? I'll just mar- I'll mark down the the time of the call, like where somebody oh. might have said oh, something yeah, untoward. Very good. You're making uh, some some notes there. That's and I good. can do that on the phone too. There's a small like oh. editor in the Anchor app for phone. So anyway, that's our ad for Anchor. If you're looking to start a podcast, use Anchor, and then they publish they publish the episode out to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and all the normal places. So it's kind of a wonderful technology. And, and just to clarify, Ross does not come with the app. So it's, <laughs> if you've got that tool, it ain't the same. Get your own host. Yeah, it just ain't the same. We're, we're, we're only as good as our host. All right. So let me, let's do a little round table. Um, starting with you, Dave, what games did you watch yesterday? So, so yesterday I watched the, um, the Dodger game. And then I and then I watched um, some of the um, Boston Red Sox game, but I I was dipping in and out because there was a lot of sports happening yesterday, and I, yeah. I had to keep an eye on a few things. Yeah, um, Sasha. Um, I watched both games, but um, I I think that you know, for the Dodgers game it was kind of incidental. I was kind of paying attention. And then I switched over and watched the the, the whole game um, for the Red Sox. But um, as I mentioned to you in the beginning, I turned it off when they were up six two, and and then watched <laughs> Friends and an episode of Murder. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually switched over to the beginning of the Red Sox game, and you you weren't second screening for the end of the Dodgers game. No, because then I, I I just had it on on my phone, right? I was just kind of right. looking. The, at the game progress and if, i think if anything was interesting was going to happen then i then i was going to yeah for sure so i think um i had i was cooking dinner at the time in i had the dodgers game on the ipad in the kitchen and yeah. i didn't switch over till the houston until after that game finished so um I- kevin I picked up the Red Sox game when it was already two one. Like I missed. I I was so into that Braves Dodgers game because it was so, so crazy. Um, and then I looked over and it's like, oh geez, it's already the other game started. So then I had both going. I had the, uh, a Red Sox on the computer, iPad had the Dodgers Braves, and then yeah. um, but then my I had the triple header at the end. I was like, after those two disgusting games, I was like, I need something to make me feel better. So I got to watch the Warriors beat the Lakers at the end. So, so that was good. So Steph Curry had a triple-double. Dave, your thoughts? Um, well, yeah, that was also a bummer. That was a bummer, too. Um, you know, I'm a big <laughs> Laker fan, Kev. But let me, let me throw something out there. I didn't there. know that. but Throw it um, out there. I want to throw something out there that I, this may get you talking or this may not get you talking. 
both baseball games yesterday, the final outcomes were were either were either stolen slash given away to what I think we can all agree is the wrong team because we all don't <laughs> like the Dodgers and we all are for this series rooting for the for the Red Sox. Um, the 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 Atlanta Braves they had that game that was their game, and they gave it away. They just gave it right away here you go you take it get back in the series let's have some fun same thing on the red sox you know they play their normal end to the game they probably lock it up they go up 3-1 everything you know it's looking great and now it's the best of three that was insanity that was dumb i'm not happy about it i'm gonna tell you that i'm really not happy yeah i you know it for me, I just like I was pretty pissed about that pitch that should have been a strike. Oh, that was brutal! You know, seeing the chart of how bad the umpire was, yeah, it really infuriated me. I was just like, "This is terrible." And again, it's just like, I mean, for me, I'm also a Giants fan, and like just the way that they lost the series too. It's just like, why are the why are the umps involved in this? Like, I don't want to talk about how the umps screwed up and a team won or lost because of that. Yeah. That's not, that's not what it should be. Like, I totally agree. Just like, why, movie, right? Just yeah. Like, why are they so bad? That's I don't know. It's why, so weird to me. Like what is going on? Yeah. Cause it, 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 are they putting people in these games that shouldn't be in these games first and foremost, you know, like, is there something going on there? Is it, is it, cause obviously I think a lot of the playoffs is based on seniority usually, but, but, um, it just seems... I mean, aren't they? Well, Kevin, maybe you can answer this because I thought that they were graded on their their performance like during the year. They're, I think they're graded, but I don't think it has any impact on yes. on anything. Like other than maybe if they want to rehire them if they're within a certain few years. I don't know if that's true or not, but but I think these, you know, like Joe West, right? I mean, that guy is terrible, mm-hmm. um, but there he was, hiring. <laughs> And you're just like, how is this guy, you know, he can barely bend over the pickup baseball and that's fine. Yeah. I mean, but, but if he can barely bend over the pickup of baseball and he's behind home plate, he can barely bend over to see where the strike is. And so you, you, you have to factor those things in. And, well, and think I just, about this though, Kev, think about yeah. this though. Look across all sports about the, you know, umps, referees, officials, yeah. call them what you will in football. The, the, you know, the lead uh, referee comes out multiple times a game and he has to explain himself to the world. Mm. He has to go, you know, holding number 15 fucking, you know, 15 yards from the spot. Of the, you know, same with basketball now. So-and-so did this. Here's the thing. The, Baseball umpires, they're like the mafia. They just, like, do shit and then walk into the fucking clubhouse. Yeah. They never have to explain anything. Yeah. And I think that makes for a culture of stupidity. Because if you don't have to ever express yourself or say why you're doing what you're doing, you get kind of like, well, that's just the way it is. Like, kind of like parents saying, you know, I don't care if this rule makes sense. It's just the rule, you know? You know, I think it's, I think no, they need to no, find a yeah what there, there's also no ramifications all right if you if yeah. you have a series of bad games like there's nothing to prevent you like this game I mean look at the chart I mean this is all being recorded right and registered it's just like clearly it's just like what is going on and and I also mentioned this like in, in our text chain it's just like even in game one like, yeah they were calling the outside pitch so often you could tell that right. it was just it was disrupting the approach of the Red Sox hitters when they came to the plate, because all of a sudden they're just like, well, he's going to, he's going to call the outside uh, a strike. I have to protect that side of the plate. And you could all of a sudden they were wasting swings to try and protect the plate because the pitcher saw that. And they're just like, I'm going to live there for as long as possible because he's calling those strikes. And those things are at least like four to five inches out of the zone. Yeah. If you have a strategy that you actually pick the pitch you want to swing at these type of umpires will kill you because because they they screw that whole plan up like you said if if that strike one is is they're calling that a strike then you're like okay 
if I get a pitch similar to that, I can't just let it go because then I'm going to have strike two or three. And then you swing at a pitch that you normally wouldn't have been swinging at. So, like, if you're a free-swinging player, which there are less and less around, I think, these days. But um, it really hurt the, the Giants in that sense, too, because the Giants are oh. all about taking their pitches, you know. When I think about some of the balls and strike calls in yeah. that game five against the Giants, I just want to throw up. Yeah. It was you, disgusting. Yeah, that Chris Bryant one that you sent out was was yeah. a symbol of just like how bad it was. You know, I didn't being at the game, I I didn't get fully that. I could just see always Longoria's reaction to things. <laughs> so All right. He's he's priceless. Well, but, let me um, I, I'm, let me pull the the panel here. Um, I'm going to give you two options, and I want to hear your answer, your choice, um, or you can say a third thing and then explain later but i want to hear your your answer to this is the answer to this problem either robo umps calling balls and strikes or make balls and strikes occasionally challengeable dave i'd like your answer uh i'm gonna go with robo umps i think that they should still have a guy standing behind the catcher like they always do but i think that much, much kind of like a tennis uh, replay or whatever, they don't call the balls and strikes. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's the call is made for them. If it's in the square or touching the square, strike. Not in Sasha? the square, ball. Sasha, your, your um, answer? So I, I think robo is the way to go, but I think we need to be cautious because I was mentioning this in, in the, the previous mm-hmm. recording. It's like they're using, they're using this in the Arizona Fall League and um, I think the calibration was off because mm-hmm. uh, with Robo um, included, there was 22 walks <laughs> <laughs> in the games that the writer saw. And he was, right. he was just like, so maybe we like, make maybe we make um, yeah. maybe we make it challengeable now until the Robo umps are ready. Anyway, sorry to interject, Kevin. Your your answer. I think I would actually go with the third choice. I think I think you only you know, that they do a grading system and that is really effective that, that they're grading you. And if you're not good enough, you don't get to umpire behind on plate. You get to stay an umpire. They just don't let you behind on plate because this whole thing of cycling everyone around home plate in the four man crew, that's great if all four are equal, but they're not equal. So, you know, that is a good, that is a good solution, except for the guys who do have the good eye that are now handling double the workload, their, their backs are going to go out, their knees are going to buckle. Like, it's, it's exhausting yeah, being no. back there. I know, I know. But, but, but it's it, the, the incentive of, of – and let's just say in the playoffs. Let's just use the playoffs. Like, you need to be an umpire behind the pl- home plate in, in the playoffs. You have to have a certain percentage during the year, 95% or whatever that matches to the robocalls. And, and you know, to what would be a strike – um, because it, it just, you know, then you're just getting the best of the best. Like mm-hmm. we are getting the best of the best supposedly in the playoffs in terms of teams. Right. So why don't we get the best of the best of the umpires? And I just think yeah. that they're not, they're not, um, I mean, you, putting you enough still, into that. Like you said, I mean, you can still rotate, but it's just like, it's not done by crew. It's just like, yeah. you know, listen, there's and, I don't know how many there are, there's 30 of you just like, we want the, the, the top 15, like you guys are going to make it. And the other guys are just like, you guys need to improve. Like it's just, we, we can't have, you know, games that are being decided by, by the umpires. Like it just yeah. like, I mean, obviously you, you can, but you, you just have to someone who's going to have a little bit of discretion, right? It's just like, you, you want to win the game, not because of a bad call. That really sucks. I think from both parties of whether you lost or, or won. It's just yeah. like you know, the image of the of the of the Dodgers winning against the Giants is always going to be the guy the 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 ump like you know saying that there was a strike. It's just like that kind of sucks. For, oh, for it sucks me. big time. Yeah, and I think the check swing may be a reviewable call or something. Yeah, they're uh, gonna and, they're gonna make that a reviewable call. Uh, and maybe it's a check swing third strike, you know, or something like that, you know, that kind of thing where, um, you know, that it, it doesn't. Uh, you know, at least that because you can't have like everything just under scrutiny because then it's just like, well, why are we even having the umpires there? But right. but I do I do think 
um, I think there's some solutions there, and I just think it's uh, it, it, you know you know one it, thing you're forgetting though, Kev. Um, yeah. If the robo umps, which I I'm still I'm, I'm the more I think about it, the more excited I get actually. But you know what? Also, a side benefit of the robo umps would be would be the whole catcher framing the pitch. That's gone. Yep. That's right. that's done. Yeah. yeah. Jackass behind the plate catching it out of his fucking you yeah. know like he's a that... eagle wingspan yeah. and bringing it back yeah. in one fluid motion like he's fooling anyone yeah but he does fool people well i i also think that they I should have it. a penalty they should have a penalty Damn it, I'm, mad. I'm with no, you dave I, I, i'm with you me. i hate that believe, fucking frame i hate no, that me, frame I, ross knows i've been texting him about that for a long time i think i think it was barnes with the dodgers was the guy and, and will smith those guys were the worst because I think if you try to frame a pitch that is not, you should be penalized. Like, yeah, give the guy an extra ball or something. It's like, like a simulation in soccer. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, like you, you're like you, you know you're fake you're out. To, yeah, yeah, you're trying to take a, you're trying to cheat. Basically, well, Kevin, like you're a, a little biased because when Buster Posey's like doing it. You're like he's a great receiver of the baseball, and when Will Smith does it, you're like, no, he's so but, bad, he's so obvious. No, 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 no. You, I know you have this mantra that you want to run down the road every time, but I'm stopping you. No, the thing <laughs> is, is that what they're doing is they're trying to frame pitches that aren't even close. They're doing it like in a pitch way outside, and they're moving it in. I, I even, I'm going to even take this to one, to take this to extreme with that Gabe Morales thing. The only reason Gabe Morales was even asked was because the Dodger catcher insisted upon it. If I was the, a home plate umpire, he should have just said, no, I'm not even asking him because I know that's not a swing. Yep. And, and that's the rule. The, the catcher doesn't get to decide. But the way that Will Smith jumped up and was like, Ugh! and then he influenced the umpire because the emperor's like, Ugh! and he asked. And then Gabe Morales was like, oh, I, I, I wasn't really paying attention. But I think he swung. So okay, strike. You know. So <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that because that was bullshit. Like you should not. The, the that's what I'm saying about the Dodger catchers. The Dodgers have this whole system that they're doing. They slow everything down. They they make the, the batter wait longer than anyone else. It's a. It, this is this is a system. This is not just oh, this is the way one player does another player. No, this is the Dodger way, right? And they're just trying to game the system and they're trying to work it in a way. And it's obvious. Um, and, you know, that's that's their thing. But when you're trying to frame a pitch that is not inside and you get that call, there's something wrong. Right. Like there's just something so wrong. You know? Well, I so. think that it, I, as much as I hate the Dodgers and, you know, I do. Um, you you can't totally get mad at them for for doing these things because they're they're effective, you know. Like they're they're being rewarded for this behavior, you know. But like they're the, only like, effective because the umpires are going along with it. The umpires don't have to go. There's no reason the umpire even had to check the first baseman on that swing. The first base umpire, he oh, did yeah. not have to check. The, the catcher can ask all day, but the umpire behind home plate can say so. The, no, so I'm the not umpire asking. behind home plate has to point at the at the first base ump to yeah. to get the call. Yep. If he doesn't do it, then. That's right. And there's no call. That's right. That's why wow. sometimes the home the home plate umpire will call a strike on a check swing without even asking. That's when you get the most arguments. Oh, go ask right. the guy down the line. Remember? Right. You'll see right. that a lot. And it's the same kind of thing. It's just the, the other the other direction. And uh, so so that was just again like there's no reason to even check on that one because it was so evident. I'm standing there in the ballpark and I can see from where I'm standing that that bat did not go across the plate right um and and so but how does the umpire not see that well, there's not enough is... ump talent out there that's the problem i mean think of how many games there are how many umps are needed i mean there's it, there are it's, millions it's, strong there's there's not enough good umps out no there. it's I, I disagree i think it's not that hard of a job i think what's happened is i think there's a lot of rancor and confusion between what's replayable you know what's uh the, you know, the, the eyes watching. And I think so the skill level, the it's happened in the NFL too. I think they, they're kind of, I don't think it's that their skills are less. I think they're just more indecisive. And, and, you know, I think they, I think because I think if they had the, 
you know, it, it, it just because the, the league and you blame the leagues for all this stuff, right? They they set the they set the rules, they set the tone. Why did they make decisions for one thing and another thing? I mean, the NFL is ridiculous on this, right? Like they're changing the rules every year. Like, like, well, why can't you touch the receiver after five yards? Because we said so. You know, it's like it, it's just these kind of rules that they're doing for other reasons, not necessarily that anything to do with like this is this is a penalty. You know what right. I mean? Well, like they want to make quite the evident, more exciting. If you kick a guy so in the can't... leg or trip a guy, that should be a penalty. These other penalties, some of them are created for other reasons that have nothing to do with the action themselves. Right. Well, I think in football that they're doing that because they want to have the offense more likely to do exciting things. Mm-hmm. So they're taking away, you know, a lot of the defensive That's stuff right. that they used to do so that they're like, oh, same with they're protecting the quarterback. You can't right. do that stuff anymore. Tom, Bradley, Tom Brady called him out, said, look, that's my job to protect myself. That's my job to protect my receivers. Oh, really? It's, it, oh, yeah. It, he did an interview before the season. and But that, we'll save that for so wow. football. Okay, good. Yeah, good idea. Sorry, we're getting sidetracked here. But well, I it, have a couple of yeah. I have a couple of things I'd like to get in because I know that there's a lot of stuff here. Um, Kevin yesterday on the text thing was was if, if there's if there was a word cloud going on and one word kept coming <laughs> up again, I think that the word would be would be smug. I'm Ross, would you agree with that? I would very the much smugness agree with that. of the Dodgers, and I agree with him. I think that's true. I think they are, but you know, they're they're kind of they, you know, that's the team that Dave Roberts has has built. You know, a very smug, very kind of you know, uh, just unpleasant group to be around. And I just didn't want to miss out on the opportunity to compare them to Smaug from from um, <laughs> Hobbit. Okay, the def- the desolation of smug. If we can, if we can go there for a second. And so, how did how did they get rid of of Smaug? I'll tell you how. You guys have all read the book. Bilbo he saw a little thing, little place where they didn't put the armor on, and then he told Bard the uh, bowman where that was, and then he he got him right there in that mm-hmm. little place where he didn't have armor. That's what we need to do to the Dodgers. That's what the Braves need to do. They need to find that little spot and and get them. Now, who's going to do it, Kev? Uh, welcome to So Middle Earth. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, but that's the thing is the whole the thing with the Dodgers are that okay when they built these teams, which Dave Roberts just joined in on. He wasn't. It wasn't. He's not part of the. The, the building but when they built these teams they started with young players and and then they added you know something to the young players right because they had such a great system and they added they found these kind of retreads right max muncie uh kiki hernandez i believe um justin, justin turner. turner exactly like so that was their strategy but then because they became so popular their strategy had to shift to go well, now we need to get the Mookie Betts of the world. We need to get the Trevor uh, Bowers of the world. Uh, good luck on that one. And uh, we, you know, they, they actively went out to get these high-priced players. So they've kind, of, they've kind of morphed into this thing. But the biggest, fortunately, the biggest um, weak point in the Dodgers are themselves. Like they think that they're so smart and smug that they can pull all these kind of shenanigans in these last three or four games and get away with it. Um, and it almost, they almost were down three, nothing because of it. Almost. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's like the best just of, you know, the thing, because, Hey, you know what? They kept on saying that, and everyone thought they were going to catch the Giants all year long. Like, they were just, oh, they're going to slow down, they're going to slow down. But they didn't. Now, there's many reasons why that is. But, but they were so, so arrogant that they were going to catch them. They were going to catch them. They were going to catch them. And the Giants, you know. And Hassoff, that's why the Giants season was even more amazing. And why the Dodgers, you know, they won the most wins they've ever won in their franchise once again. But the Giants won the most in theirs. And so, the, you know, 
they're, they're almost impossible to beat in normal circumstances because the Giants had a miracle season to beat them. I mean, and, and Trevor Bauer was, you know, sidelined for them and blah, blah, blah. And they still won 106 games. It's, it's insane. That run, that run that they went on from, you know, August to the end of the year um, was incredible. But the Giants were only one game off or something or a game and a half off it. So, yeah, I don't think anyone has fi- quite figured out outside of maybe Kevin on this podcast. I don't think anyone has quite figured out how the Giants kept winning. Yes, I know that they platooned well and they they swapped their players in and out and they had some great pitching finds in free as much as we talk about the Dodgers smugness and finding a weakness. Um, and I know we're ra- caught up in the excitement of the playoffs and the Giants are no longer a part of it. Like what the Giants did is still fairly inexplicable to me. I don't, I don't know how they did it. Well, and, all, and also it, it is, it's still a factor, and I'll tell you why, because the Dodgers are only in the position that they're in because of what the Giants did. Um, the Dodgers wouldn't have had to play the wild card. The Dodgers wouldn't have had to uh, battle for five games to, to win a division. They wouldn't. They would have been the home team, um, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, so all these things are still in play for um, for what's going on. But I, I, I still I, I want to focus on the Dodgers because I think it is what we saw yesterday was crazy. Like you got, you know, they're down three runs and up comes Cody Bellinger, and didn't we all know he was swinging for a home run? Right. I mean. Did we you could, see where they left that pitch? That pitch was yeah. like four or five inches above the strike zone. Yeah. He so, just, you know, just chopped it out of there. I so mean, the, that was incredible. So to go back to, to, um, to Dave's question, in that moment, right, because there's a moment. You're down, they're down three runs. Cody Bellinger's up. He's been hitting pretty well, you know, in the last few games. Um, do you bring in a different pitcher to face him? Because that guy was not looking pretty good up until that point anyway. And he had faced three batters, so he could have been replaced. But I just don't think the Braves had a secondary plan ready for action. They were thinking that guy, then Will Smith in the ninth, game over. They never even got to Will Smith. Um, yeah, Luke Jackson's been pitching a lot. Yeah. And mo- and, more than one and, inning. And I don't know how old he is, but he's a relatively young player, right? Like he's not a – he doesn't have a he's lot of – He's been around. But, but, you know, it, you, you gotta get, you got to protect him there and, and don't let him face. Because I think uh, Jackson, is he a, um, he's a right-hander, right? Yeah. And, and we know Cody's a lefty. So right there, they should have had a lefty, someone ready just to come in and pitch to, to Bellinger or something. Um, uh, even if he went to Will Smith that early, because cause that's crucial right there. That game is – that's the hinge point. Um, and you've got uh, – you know, you, you, you're going to turn that lineup around not too far after that. So uh, just it was uh, it was bad because, again, let's just go back to what the Dodgers did in that game and how they got to that point. They started a guy in center field who should not even be in the outfield, let alone in center field. There, there's no doubt in my mind about that. The guy has played six games in the out in center field. Gavin and Lux. Gavin yeah. Lux. And they put him in that position. And I don't know how that wasn't an error. Also, that was just that was. Now, where that, is the smugness? How is that smug? I the know smug, the Dodgers have been the winning smug, a lot. The smug, the smugness is you think you're so clever because smug is related to clever, right? You think you're just so clever that you can you can play someone in a position that they've never played that much before in a high pressure playoff game. That's the smugness. The smugness is bringing in Will Smith for the first time ever to play first base in, a, in an extra innings against that the Giants. In a regular season. It doesn't matter. You're, you're, you're thinking, and the smugness is using Max Scherzer to close a game on game five because, like, well, it's his bullpen day. Well, now they got a guy with a dead arm who couldn't start game one, and then when he pitched game two, he took himself out, which we know we're like, holy crap, why is Max Scherzer not even arguing? Because his arm is dead. I mean, are the is Alex Cora smug because he does a lot of stuff, moves well, and stuff? No, I, I don't think he's I don't think he's smug because in the sense also, uh, Alex Cora has never lost a playoff series. Um, 
And he is also very much in tune with his players. I don't think the Dodgers are in tune with their players. I think they're in tune with the stats of their players. And they think the stats can override the emotion and the personality of a player. And I mean, that's, that's the smugness. Can you, can you actually extend this, right? It's just like, cause I sent that text, right? Is that, is that Gavin Lux is the replacement for Kike Hernandez and John Peterson. Mm-hmm. Like they got rid of two players who like right now they could have been on the bench instead of Lux. Right. One plays the outfield. The other one who's a utility infielder, you know what I mean? It's just like, because that's the other thing too, is like not just with these games, like organizationally, I mean, they, they have a right to be smug to a certain extent because they've had this tremendous farm system that it just keeps on feeding players that allows them to trade for Mookie Betts and, you know, to, to, to be competitive every year. And like, again, like you just said, Kevin, is they're looking at stats and the stats say, is like, listen, we got some guy who's fast, who's going to hit. We don't need two of you anymore. Right. But then they also didn't, but the thing is, is that it is the intangibles that Jock Peterson and Kiki Hernandez bring to the team. Yep. Like those two guys are known as really good clubhouse guys and they're not playing for the Dodgers anymore. They're playing for other teams and having a positive effect on that team. Um, and you know what I mean? It's like, sometimes you do have to think about that. Yeah. The 2015 yeah. Red Sox team, that was a bunch of cast outs. Like I, I know Ross, you probably don't like them, but <laughs> came to the Red Sox and you know what I mean? It's just like, they were not fantastic players, but they were really great um uh clubhouse presences yeah. and that's exactly and the, the red sox said is like that's what we were going for we wanted guys who were committed not to doing individual like i want to get the most home runs like we don't want that we want guys who are going to fit into the system right. and want to contribute to the overall success of the team you're talking about the 2013 team 2013 team i right? know i hate that team you know what i mean but we love that team because <laughs> it, it, it was that right it's like those guys Right. Like half of them came from, they were outcasts and no longer needed by other teams. I think, I think a great example of this Dodger team also is Trevor Bauer. Um, and, and Ross, you know, I talked about this to you directly earlier in before the, you know, the season that I didn't think he was a good fit for the Dodgers for other reasons. Cause just the way he is and his outspokenness on the main thing, we had no idea about this other garbage that he was doing or whatever else he was up to. Right. But I, I thought from early on, I thought he was not a good – but again, they're looking at, oh, well, this is a good guy we're going to bring in there. I mean, the Dodgers are they, – they've won the West Division seven times, I think, right? Seven or eight before this year. And all they have to show for it is one World Series win in a 60-game in a season. Now, I, I – you know, and granted, everyone had the same – chance last year um but that's that's really telling about about some about some organization that gets there that's really good really successful but there's something missing that is not the cohesiveness that gets you to win championships and um and and so you can you can get to the dance but you ain't going home with the queen or whatever you want to go home with. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's, it's really yeah. interesting because, and, and the A's with their, their business, they, they've been the same way. They couldn't even win a playoff series. I mean, it's, it's the same. It's just like, not just the Red Sox. I mean, look at the nationals, the year that they won the world series. That's right. And they had they a were not, team and they were great. They were not smug. Yeah. Nope. Um, they okay. were shark. Okay. If I look at all the, if I look at all the teams, the good teams, Cardinals, they're fucking smug. The Rays, they're so smug. They think they're smarter than everyone. Astros, they're smug. They're like, oh, yeah, we're not even cheating anymore. We're still winning. Like, every team's got some smugness. Yeah, so yeah. I think you guys are just – you hate the Dodgers so much that you're like, no. these smug Dodgers. No, no. I, no. My, my smugness about the Dodgers is specific to these moves that they did with the players, where they put players in positions that they normally weren't in and now they're they're it's right. affecting their overall thing. So you, I you agree can be with arrogant. That, no. Arrogance is yeah. a different story. But but what they did was they were they thought they were so smart on their Denny's menu, their Denny's menu, mm-hmm. that they go, we can put Max Scherzer in there. We can have a, an opener on Game Five and have Urias come in, and we can do all these things. Yes. And, and they blah, are blah, doing blah, blah. they are doing that. And if that's smugness, then I agree that 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 is what's going to lose them this series because that's stupid shit that they've been playing. Yeah. 
I don't well, that's know what I'm saying. Smugness. It's clever. It's like they think they're so clever. You know, yes. when someone thinks they're so clever, they go, well, I can use this screwdriver to hammer in this nail. And then, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, well, it didn't work. Right. Okay. So, so I anyway. guess we're all in agreement. Dave, yeah. did you want to circle back and, and button up this topic you brought to us? No, no. I think, I think we've covered it. I, I think that well, all I'll say is that if, if the Dodgers do end up winning the, the World Series this year, which – could happen let's sure. face it um that's going to be a validation of this whole smug thing and we're going to have to live with that for a long time <laughs> you know so we've got we've got a few reasons to hope they don't get all the way yeah well yeah. speaking of smugness does anyone want to talk about the the two broadcasts that we've been subjected to this series <laughs> the fox the fox sports one and the tbs I have to say that TBS is about three times more enjoyable for me uh, than the Fox broadcast. Both the pregame and the in-game announcers uh, are so much better on TBS, mostly, I think, because of Ron Darling and, yeah. and just the, his, his actual baseball insights. Yes. God forbid somebody come on and give us some baseball insights. There's, there's nothing coming from Fox. Yeah, I well, couldn't agree. Wherever John Smoltz is, can, that, he's the worst. He's Fox. the absolute worst. He's the worst. He's the worst. Yeah. He, he makes the, Joe the Buck. absolute worst. Yeah. yeah. He I makes Joe heard, Buck seem good. I actually heard Joe Buck say kind of an analyst type thing the other night and kind of out of desperation. And I was like, was that Joe Buck? He's, he's doing the play-by-play -play and mm -hmm. he's actually having to bring a little bit of insights because all Smoltz, Smoltz does is like complain about the sport. He hates yeah. the sport. He hates yeah. it. I, I thought the best comment Joe Buck said was he was equating himself with the Astros because the Astros were being booed. And he was like, he, he kind of, you know, because he knows that everyone hates him. I mean, it's not a, it's not a secret. You know what I mean? Um, the only reason he keeps his job is because he's really good at saying the slogans for the sponsors. And that's, a, <laughs> and that's the truth. And he's also known as a really big, like, if there's a party for the sponsors, you know, like the Fox is having the, get together for their NFL or their MLB sponsors. Oh, Joe Buck's right there shaking their hands and talking to them. I, that's, that's the stuff I've heard. So um, that's why he keeps his job uh, because that's what this job, it's all about who's paying for these broadcasts. But that said, uh, yeah, John Schmoltz, Schmoltz is just so bad. Like, like you even question, like he says things and he, he makes these like, you know, like, Oh, this is going to, and then the next thing that happens totally contradicts what he just said like like i forget the, there was one example but it was it was amazing because he goes oh well this guy's really good he's got a good and the next guy hits a home run you know it's like <laughs> and, 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 well that like, can happen to anybody Come i on. know but it was it's just it, it's just his timing his his non-observing he always he, focuses on the negative he you know? also he, said he, he didn't say run. He goes, oh, he goes, well, if the Astros hang in there, they can get a couple of points on the board. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what are you, like, you know, not even, like, following the game. You know, you, you play the game. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, you hear people say that who don't, like, baseball or don't know baseball right they're like how many points do they score you know i, I think we i think we need like we, we need a tony romo version for mlb right tony romo yes yeah. i mean he's amazing i just like i mean i don't watch too much nfl anymore but when he's doing it, it's like oh, oh this yeah. is like you're changing up the coverage they're gonna, they're gonna run the ball and it actually happens you're just like oh my god this guy's great yeah yeah like it's, it's actually really hard to find um uh, an mlb announcer who's, who's who's gonna gonna do that right well i I think Ron Darling does that. And I think, I think Ron Thanks, Darling guys. is really good at, at, you know, putting, putting everything in context, right? Like mm -hmm. he, he's, he knows these players inside and out. Um, his comments on Darno, I mean, Darno has, if you guys have been noticing his defense in the series, amazing catcher, right? And he was a Met. So Darling knows him fairly well from broadcasting all the Mets games. Um, but just those little things he's pointing out, he's pointing out stuff that to the viewer that might not get, you know, get any recognition, especially playoff viewership is a little bit broader than, you know, during this season, but he's, he's enhancing the game. You know, he's, he's making yeah. the game more interesting because he's, he's in tune with what's going on or with each of these guys and what they're, what they're thinking about what they're going to throw next and all kinds of stuff. It's just, and he's been there, right? Like he's won a world series 
Um, he played with the A's as well, another big, well, big team. I don't. So. Uh, John Smoltz has won a World Series too. And uh, did he? Did he really? Are you being sarcastic? Well, I, his team won. Did he win? Did he? Nineteen ninety-five. Did he you beat know? the Indians at all? Did was he part of that? Anyway, my point is, it, uh, Sasha's saying bring in someone with a fresh perspective who has actually played against these yeah. current players, like Tony Romo. Yeah, uh, kind of. He knows current play calling. You know, you know, current defensive reads. You know, that's why everybody was so enamored of Tony Romo because he could almost watch the quarterback and be, like, okay, well, he's going to have to, he's going to have to audible here because of the way that such and such have have brought yeah. their defense up to the line. Like, you know, he's giving his his 2020, 2021 reads on the sport. And like Smoltz, aside from being tired and kind of uh, apathetic. Um, he doesn't really have any sort of modern perspective of the game. I don't think he, I don't think he broadcasts uh, like a, a daily game the same way Ron Darling it no. does. No, I think he plays golf like uh, every other moment. That and that was a, Joe Buck made that illusion in the thing. He's like he made some kind of little snidey joke about it. Um, oh, by the way, John Smoltz's ERA in that World Series was fifteen point four three. All right. What else is on our agenda? Because I've I mean, got a couple of ball games to watch here. I mean, you can't make that up. It was fifteen point one three. Daver, you got another uh, bullet point for us before we log off? Um, you know the the only other thing I I wrote last night was just that um, I I feel like by letting the Dodgers back into this series, um, Atlanta has done a disservice to all of sports not just baseball not just all of humanity really yeah they they people were feeling sorry for the dodgers in the seventh inning like oh poor dodgers and now we're never going to be done with them this is awful and i'm mad at the braves for doing that yeah they called they called an emergency security council meeting yesterday in the un after that game so yeah uh, because that's you really let us down yeah well everyone is I'll tell you guys a little story. Okay. So uh, during the off season, um, like a year and a half ago, um, John boy and Trev and talking Jake, they had Cole Tucker on talking baseball. uh, Who's a shortstop for the pirates. Um, At the time he was like struggling to even stay in the majors. I think he was in triple a but cole tucker lives in arizona he he born and raised in arizona he got drafted by the pirates by all accounts he's like an awesome dude he he loves going to like 311 concerts and like um he's just he's kind of like this low-key cool as shit weirdo dude who happens to be a major league baseball player and he was talking about like their time in arizona and like what it's like to live in arizona and he's like yeah there's just kind of just this like kind of shitty apartment complex that we all live in uh it's not super fancy or anything but we're all friends and we all like live in there it's like me cody ballinger um you know cody (laughs) ballinger bought a place like because he's just kind of one of our and they were like you know what was it like when you're all like kind of living in this um kind of -of run-of-the-mill apartment complex and all of a sudden one of you starts winning the mvp like putting up mvp numbers and he's like yeah he just he just kind of the same. He's still just one of us. He, uh, he, you know, he didn't ever like kind of get a big head or start thinking like he got, you know, to use the PS4 more often or whatever. Like it's just a bunch of these apartment, these condos or whatever. And like, I was like, okay, like, you know, I, I dig belly uh, in his humility, the way he's kind of gotten through this terrible shitty year he's had. So to, if, if there's anybody on the smug Dodgers I want to see come through, it's Ballinger, just because of how I heard him described by Cole Tucker and by like seeing, you know, it's not the Kirk Gibson story, but it's somewhere in that arena of just a guy who's had a shitty year and then just comes up huge in the clutch. I, I think I'm having a disconnection. Would you say? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I heard it, Ross. I agree. So, but, but Ross, you got to remember how Cody Bellinger got hurt. I know. It was Kike's fault. He did too <laughs> aggressive of an arm bash. 
that's why the Dodgers probably let him go because he's like, you hurt our guy. You go to Boston. <laughs> Is that true? No, I don't think so. You can't no, keep everybody. You, did, you know, you did hurt these, him. These free agents are up. They're not going to hold on to Chris Taylor. They're not going to hold on to Corey Seager. There is a luxury tax. You can't hold on to every single one of your free agent guys. Like they spent a fuck ton of money on Mookie. They stupidly spent a fuck ton of money on Bauer. So they couldn't keep Kike or Jock. And, and it was stupid, but at least they all, you know, got to win once together and kind of put those demons to rest before they parted ways. I mean, are we are we going to actually uh, start reading um, stories about how the Dodgers like I mean, they've expended a lot of resources and talent in order to keep this run going? It's not it, it's not endless. I mean, do they still have a farm system that's going to keep them in contention? It seems like they they're going to run out. Soon. I think you're right. They're going to run out. Uh, we know they gave up. Uh, Ruiz to the Nationals um, to get Scherzer and Turner. Like they they they've been leveraging some like Triple A players to make some of these moves. So it, they're gonna have to have a lull. I think you know next season could be kind of bleak, uh, depending on the health of Kershaw and some of the other folks. But like um, you know the, the Dodgers could very well finish third in the next year or two. No. No, they're gonna just keep on. They, they're too big now. They 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 got the money. They got the they'll they'll replace people if they need to replace. They've shown that they got went out and got Max Scherzer and Trevor Turner at the trade deadline. The, they were already having a great season, and they they just they wanted more. You know, so smug smug. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, but Kevin, you, but you need you need uh, you, you need prospects to do that. Like you, there's, it, it can't be endless, right? No, it, they they've got. I mean, they need prospects, but they and they gave up good prospects. I think for you know right. for Max Scherzer and all that, that that one pitcher, he looked pretty sharp. In fact, they showcased them. I don't know if you guys remember this. They showcased them against the Giants. I think yep. for that trade, they there was people were like, why are they leaving him in? Because he got kind of hit, and then they left him in, and um, you know, it was kind of. Uh, and then I realized, oh, they're just showcasing for the Nats. But um, yeah, I no, I think at this point with the Dodgers, it's such a it's such a business, right? It's money, and they'll do whatever they need to do to, to stay competitive. Um, now the Giants have thrown a monkey wrench in their competitiveness because they've proven that they can beat them on the cheap. Um, and uh, we'll see how that you know how that continues, but. Um, I think again, they're just thinking again. What's this fly? This gnat? You know, this giant gnat that's like around me. It's like <laughs> you gotta keep, you know, these Padres. Oh, they yeah, they got all those players. Look where they ended up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I I think they're just, um, you know, the Trevor Bauer thing will be interesting. I don't think he'll ever pitch for the Dodgers again, let alone maybe even in Major League Baseball. Um, but they're they're gonna get their money back for him. Because I don't think so. Uh, you don't think so? There, there's not a morality clause in the contract? Probably not. I mean, MLB bit contracts for players are pretty, pretty, uh, pretty solid. They're very hard to break. They're not, there's been very few examples, I think, of anyone, you know, getting money, money back on baseball. It's not like football or basketball, uh, football especially, which is very. We shall see. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. I think they'll, I, the, the irony of the whole thing, I mean, is like, I don't know if you remember Trevor Bauer used to make fun of players speaking Spanish. If you guys recall that, the guy is a complete ass, right? And he might have to learn to speak Spanish because he might, this might optional, might only be the Mexican league because he, or somewhere overseas, because who wants that guy on their team? No one's going to want him. Not good for the, Maybe the Astros, <laughs> about the only people. Right. You know? But it's, there, I there, don't know. There's, there's definitely history there, right? Ozuna, like he, they had no problem bringing him over. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and who, and who knows exactly? And who knows, um, you know, there's always some owner who's, you know, could see things for, for whatever they want to see. But I think just from a, 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 you know, from a PR kind of thing, nobody really wants wants that person on their team so and major league baseball doesn't really like him anyway right so right he's been pretty outspoken against them so no one's going to stick up for him um and uh it, anyway it, it it'll be interesting i think the dodgers will who knows what they do but they, they will 
they will sign whoever they need to sign to keep the ball rolling for them trying to stay on top. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't see it going any other direction. Um, but hopefully the Padres can, can, I, I hope they finish third, you know, Giants and Padres in front of the Dodgers be great. Well, I, I think we're stuck with them, Kev. I hate to, I hate to say that, but yeah, I, I live, I live really near to, to their stadium and, yeah. and I, I, I think we're stuck with them. Yeah, I do too. I, I don't think they're going anywhere. I think they're not they're, going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I think they're they're going to be in the hunt for here on out. Um, they're they're the Yankees of the West Coast. They 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 just keep buying up up what they want, and everything's just you know that, that's what we do. That's what I, we wi- do I wish the Yankees yeah, yeah. <laughs> were as good as the Dodgers, man. <laughs> I like, was about to the say the Yankees that for keep you, falling on their face. Yeah, no, the Dodgers have the Dodgers have this thing and. And it's their way. And, and believe me, I've been seeing this, you know, since I was a kid. You know, I remember going to game. I mean, seeing those Dodgers play in person in the 1970s, you know, and and just the, the arrogance of that team. Um, and they were arrogant. I mean, Steve Garvey and all that. Just seeing that white Dodger uniform um, in Dodger Stadium, it brings you like, oh, it's like, oh, because, it, you know, it's just it's just so Whatever. Why do they have a number on the front of their jerseys and no one else does? I mean, <laughs> what's that all about? Why do they need two numbers? You're funny, man. Um, but it's it's uh, it w- we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, all right, Ross, can you uh, can you give us your feelings about um, Boone coming back as the end manager? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a whole nother hour, but. Um, you know, I was fired up when I woke up to your text that morning to see Boone got another three years. Um, but I've still, I've recently been talked off the ledge yesterday and today by people saying like, um, you know, the, the problems of the Yankees were more than just Boone's in-game fumblings and bullpen mismanagement. The, you know, the players, the players uh, aren't, aren't exactly a good fit. You've got um, terrible defense. You've got no speed on the bases. Uh, you know, there's just so many problems with the Yankees. And and if they're gonna hire, if they're gonna fire the the hitting coach and the assistant hitting coach and the third base coach, and and they're gonna kind of change the way they play baseball, um, maybe um, maybe this vote of confidence in Aaron Boone won't be the worst thing ever. Uh, if the Yankees make the necessary changes, because I think Cashman is on a bigger, bigger hot seat than Boone. Now yeah. Boone got his extension three years, four year extension, whatever. And um, so he now uh, can maybe uh, push back a little bit on this stuff. They say, Hey, don't, don't foist Andrew Heaney on me time and time again. And mm-hmm. the only guy I can, I'm allowed to bring in. Maybe I want a new Denny's menu. Show me the daily specials who, you know, yeah. who else can I bring in? Because uh, he's not stupid. Uh, he's, I think he's just too much of a patsy. And, um, you know, he's not Alex Cora, right? He's not, he's not a bilingual, feisty, like, kind of savant, okay? Like what Alex Cora is. But those guys are rare. So our, yeah. our, the best we can do, I think, at this point, if, if I find out that Aaron Judge was in there fighting for Boone, okay, well, that's a good sign because you've got your team captain giving him his backing. You know, he lets us, um, you know, run our lives how we want, and he's a player-friendly manager. Um, he does get out there and argue balls and strikes, and he's out yeah. there getting in umpires' faces. I don't, I don't question his commitment. I just um, – I'm still scratching my head at some of the games that they threw away in the second half of the season that could have put them into the AL East crown and exactly where the Red Sox are right now, or at least a home wild card game. Uh, so, yeah. so I, I'm I'm not going to make Boone the scapegoat anymore. I'm gonna I'm not going to boo him on opening day as you <laughs> might have as you might have thought, Kevin. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll give Boone another chance. Maybe Cashman, somebody lights a fire under Cashman and says like, hey, you know, spend some money, get Corey Seager in here. Uh, we get Severino back in a starting role. Uh, we, we get, you know, the bullpen is fucking great. The, the starting rotation is, is, is uh, promising. 
get Cole healthy, get his hamstring all healed up for next year, and let's win the AL East going away. No more of this wild card shit. And then we throw our dice in the postseason like everybody else. And if that happens, I'll, I'll applaud Aaron Boone. I'll welcome him with open arms. Well, I agree with all you're saying. I think, I think Aaron Boone, the thing that let him keep his job was that the players had his back. Uh, if you saw quotes from, from I did um, from Judge and uh, and some other players, and and I think I, I was texting you, Ross. I think they need a real. He needs a real strong bench coach. He needs his Don Zimmer. He doesn't. I don't know who that is on his. I don't even know who he needs. Someone like that can you know can keep give him that extra thing on the backside, right? So he can focus on what he does great, which is dealing with the players, standing up for the players against the umpires doing all that stuff, but he needs someone. Uh, and, and I, I agree with you. I think the, the people above are telling him here, do you do this? You do that. And I just think that that team, I don't even think they need new players. I think they just need a new attitude. I think we saw when Rizzo showed up, it really affected how they played. He kind of gave them a different perspective on things. I thought it was my, you know, uh, so let me, let me ask you guys this. Is this maybe it's not the personnel, maybe it's not the coach, but do they need to look at a different strategy, right? Because their strategy right now is that we will pay for really high-priced players. They're going to hit home runs. Maybe some of them will be fast, but it really is 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 power hitting. That's that's their philosophy. That's their only that's their only path to victory is home runs. They can't run the bases. They exactly. they don't field the ball well. They mm-hmm. pitch well. And they have a decent yeah. bullpen. But uh, honestly, Sasha, most, most Yankee fans, they're not upset because the Yankees spend all this money on high-priced players. Giancarlo Stanton, their most expensive player, he was great um, in, in the season and the postseason. So his money, the money spent on him is starting to look real good. Mm-hmm. And same with Garrett Cole, generally, when he's not injured. The uh, Yankees have. It's actually their the Yankees' attempt to get by on the cheap, which is what really pours pours salt in the wound. You know, we Gio Urshela, bless his heart, I love the guy. He's not uh he's not a big free agent. You know what I mean? Glaber's still very cheap, and he's they tried to use him at shortstop all year long and realized shit. We should have got fucking Andrelton Simmons or somebody who can play the position. Mm-hmm. So like, um, the Yankees, if anything haven't been that big spender as they were during the George Steinbrenner era. They've actually been trying to like, I don't know if it's smugness or whatever, but no, but they've been trying to like paper up the gaps with like kind of mediocre players who have overachieved. And they're thinking, okay, we got our, you know, we got our future third baseman, Gio Urshela. Again, I love Gio. He's great, but he's not a Yankee superstar. Okay, he's not swinging a big bat. Okay, so the Yankees kind of actually are not the Yankees of old where they just throw money at every situation. I want them to be that. I want them to bring in Corey Seager. He's a perfect fit. Lefty shortstop. Bring him in there. Let him hit to the short porch or else just get us another serviceable shortstop. Uh, You know, go out and get us. um, um, What's his face from the Blue Jays um, who had a great season? But that's not sustainable. They can't keep Mar- Marcus Simeon, you know. So, so I, I, I mean, because this year, did any rookie come up to make an impact at all for the Yankees? Not on the. I mean, if you don't count Andrew Velasquez, who was not a rookie. No, he's he, not a rookie. He was a inexperienced player and left off a couple of the postseason rosters. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, note on the pitching side, you had some great discoveries. You had Michael King. You had Nestor Cortez. Like. You had some great finds on the pitching side, guys who were, who were um, Clay Holmes. Like on the pitching side, the Yankees like had all kinds of like finds, but on the uh, position player side, it was, it was brutal. I mean, Joey yeah. Gallo, Joey Gallo comes over and hits one sixty for the Yankees yeah. after the trade deadline. I mean, that's just that's not an improvement. are the biggest and Ross, we've talked about this before. The the biggest problem with the Yankees, they play stiff. They play they don't that's why Velasquez, when he he 
he kind of brought a little bit more looseness to that. Like mm. he's a really good fielder. He 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 had a little bit of a spark. You know what I mean? Like there was just something about him that showed that you know being the station the station thing is not always the best way to play baseball, right? Mm. So and that's why I felt like Joey. Ga- I was like Joey Gallo. That dude is take him out of Texas, man. He. I'm, sure what's going to happen but i think i think stanton look at stanton too stanton was really interesting i firmly believe this is my opinion only is that him having to play in the outfield sometimes made him a better hitter because i think i think it brought him back to his marlins days and gave him a little bit of a Yep. It's it's a little I love seeing Stanton out there in the outfield. I think yep. he's when he's healthy, he can absolutely do it. It makes him a better hitter, like you said. Um I hated DHing in high school because like you could kind of lose track of what what uh what inning it was. Yeah. Uh like everybody's rushing in and out. You sort of feel like a bystander. Yep. Um like you gotta play the field if you're if you're capable. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be every game, but just keep them in the mix. And I think, I think that just because that team, and when that team was on a roll, and I got to see them, I think they won. I saw them win game twelve of that streak or whatever it was. Um, you know, they they, and that was a tough game. Like the A's came back, and then they 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 hung tough, but they won with like a base hit up the middle. You know what I mean? Uh, after they they got. Uh, they got the second on a play, right, where the catcher made a mistake for the A's. And then, you know, there was an error or something. And so that, you know, you got to be able to play that baseball too because if you, if you play that station to station, that's why the Yankees were so terrible in the 1980s because they signed all these free agents, but it didn't make any sense. Like they didn't play cohesive baseball while, while the Blue Jays were playing way better baseball, Um at that time and, and won the division quite a few times during that time. So um, the Yankees didn't win from one 81 to 95. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they won any divisions in that stretch. Yeah, so, no, you're right. The Mattingly era. Yeah. And it was because they, they just kept signing these players, but it didn't, you know, Ken Griffey senior, you know, whatever. It just didn't, it, it, they're great players, but you have to have a team. And that's a great thing about baseball. That's why, you know, teams like the Minnesota twins can win two world championships, you know, um, the giants here, the, the, some of those Red Sox teams. I mean, you know, th- they're not uh, flashy, but they're, they're, they're a team, you know, right. and that's the, the Marlins. I mean, come on, the Marlins have two world championships. <laughs> it's crazy i know as a padres fan that offends me exactly it should it should it should like pitchfork time you know what i mean it's like it's crazy yeah and they don't even care they then they get rid of them and then they won again it was like what the hell and they won with trader jack i mean come on that was even I worse know. for padre fans it's humiliating and yeah. on that note yeah. Uh, yeah. i think we lost dave i think he he might have had to disconnect but he didn't want to interrupt uh interrupt my rant but um i want to say thanks to everybody uh for being on we've got ourselves a ball game here in boston yeah. so en- enjoy that sasha good luck to you and your boys thank you is and still, uh, is still a no hitter um yes the oh shit Xbox have not hit anything yet <laughs> but sale sale is looking good yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a real ball game it is. Get ourselves a real ball game. So on that it's note, not, thanks. It's not good for me. I don't like this. <laughs> and this episode has been brought to you by wine. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. Have a good one, everybody. Enjoy the games. Thanks, right. Ross. Okay. Thanks, thanks Sasha. Thanks, okay. Dave. Bye. Bye. Bye.